This episode is brought to you by LucidPoint. Are you struggling to take your IT organization to the next level? We help our customers do so with confidence. Turn your vision into reality. Call LucidPoint today. Welcome to the Quick Take Podcast, the show where you get targeted advice and coaching for executives by executives. I'm Susie Tomanchuk. And I'm James Camps. Give us 15 minutes and we'll give you three secrets to address the complex topical issues that are challenging executives like you today. Hey, welcome to Quick Take. I'm Susie Tomanchuk along with my co-host, James Caps. How are you today, James? I am great, Susie. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm super excited because this is one of my favorite episode topics that we have here. This is Quick Take, where we talk about the things that are on the minds of executives everywhere. And we're being very literal today because we're taking questions from our fans. They're not fans. They're not fans. They're just other executives. That like exec- us. Uh, well, I think some of them are fans. I think there's a, there, I think there, we, you have a stalker now, don't you? Like one of right. the, one of the CEOs. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let's, let's just leave it at that. Should I let that go? Yeah. I yeah, should let that go. Let's so we have questions that we're going to take and we haven't really even practiced or anything, not that we ever do, but no. it's always fun to <laughs> pretend like we do. Um, so we're going to just jump right into it. How's that sound, James? That sounds great. I'm uh, excited to hear what's coming across the, uh, uh coming, coming from our, from our viewers. All right. Well, we did talk about this question. I'm not sure I'm going to get it right. So you might have to rephrase it. So the first question, <laughs> um, Hal, hey, Hal, thanks so much for submitting this question. His question is, do we need to worry about chat GPT? That's a really good question. I mean, you can't uh, read anything or or, or uh, hear uh, anybody talk about anything but uh, chat GPT. And, and it is you know, and, and all the others, there's, you know, every, everybody who's got a, a, a trillion dollars worth of R and D or are trying to, to do something similar to that. And I think it's an interesting topic. I, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it is a very, uh, something we should be talking about as leaders. I think it will have a place, uh, in our ecosystems and like may, many things, it will be in our ecosystems. Like we want it to be, whether we want it to be or not. Yeah. Um, I think, as leaders, we uh, should really be thinking about all sorts of uh, internal uh, in- internal influences, external influences, and things that can affect the way that uh, we run our businesses. This one has a lot of uh, sex appeal, and it is kind of interesting, and it's getting a lot of press. But I really think that um, I'm not saying you don't need to pay attention to it, but you need to pay attention to it as much as you need to pay attention to other things. Yeah. Now, is it possible that... One of your developers is having all of his uh, work done by his roommate, um, who is actually a better developer when they work from home. Sure, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And you have to worry about that. Is it possible that chat GPT is being used by one of your employees to do their job? Also a problem. So uh, is it a unique situation uh, that uh, your employees can be using things and doing things that you're not expecting? No, that's not unique. This is just a new tool. So I yeah. think you should be talking about it with your leadership. I think you should be looking at ways that you can use it and benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be aware that there's risks that go with it. So I, I guess maybe to house question, it's real. Um, and you should discuss it like many things, but I don't think it's the end of anything. It's just the beginning of a lot of things. Yeah. And just so that people ha- that haven't even experienced it, you know, I was talking about it today at a lunch event and somebody was like, oh, I'll have to go find out where to interact with that. I'm like, where right. have you been? And I'm not yeah. judging people, but how do no, they find but, it? 
Well, ChatGPT in particular is available through um, uh, just it's basically a website that you can register and log in. Um, and, but I think also that Google is having some, has there something similar Bing is incorporating some stuff in their thing as well. So I think it is, you know, it doesn't take much, uh, I don't need to give the URL here. It'll, it'll be in our notes. Um, but ultimately it's, it's something that you can research and, and find, and it is accessible to everybody. It's free. Um, I think that in some cases there are some limitations to the number of, uh, accounts and you may get on a wait list because obviously it's super popular. Um, but I do think it's one of those things where, um, uh, it's worth playing with. And I would liken it to perhaps if you haven't seen it, I would liken it to just the first time you tra- used a, a browser or not yeah. a browser, but like a search engine. Yeah. Um, and you had to learn to talk to it in the right way. You know, uh, you're, you're like your, your mom or your grandma may type into Google, you know, something that you know is going to give the wrong answer. They're going to type in some weird words or sentences. And that's just doesn't, that's not how you talk to the search engine. Yeah. This is a similar situation where you have to learn how to interact with it. And I think it's worth doing. Yeah. It's super cool. It's, it's amazing what it can come up with and you can almost have a conversation with it as if you were just talking about the weather or different things you're curious about. So that's a great way to start. All right. That was a good one. Next Um, question. Okay. The next question is comes in from Rebecca in Ohio. And she was talking about how just in all these different companies, we've seen a lot of layoffs, a lot of changes, a lot of restructuring. Um, What are you seeing in terms of, is it hard to hire? What is the current, if you could kind of put a definition around the current environment in terms of good talent, what would you say? Well, it's a, it's a super interesting question. And I think it, you know, obviously um, that question was coming in from the Midwest and, you know, a lot of the folks that I deal with are either on the East coast or in, in, in Europe. Um, I think it varies by location and that's, uh, that's a non-answer, but I will say that, that while um, external influences do affect the market for sure, things we've seen in the last few days regarding the banking industry, very challenging earlier in the month, we had a tremendous number of layoffs. A lot of those things, though, are localized, and there are still a lot of technology jobs, a lot of senior leadership jobs. A lot of those jobs are just not getting filled. And so, is it still is still a a, uh, an employees market? I really do think it is. I still think that uh, as a as a leader, it is super challenging to hire. Um, We still spend a lot of time and a lot of money trying to fill those roles that we have open. Um, uh, So. Is it as ridiculous as it once was? Absolutely not. Is it still abnormally hot? I still think it is. And I think it's going to stay that way for good talent. Uh, I think while we may be able to see that, you know, that uh, that Facebook is going to lay off another 10,000 folks, you know what? I still spend an inordinate amount of time to hire a leader. And that's more expensive to me. And it, it does, yeah. the 10,000 people getting laid off in the Valley doesn't change a thing about what's going on in Delaware. And right. so the truth is, is we, while we can reflect and see that the market is a little tumultuous, at the end of the day, as leaders, we need to be thinking about maintaining our good people and growing our good people, yeah. uh, because that's really the lowest cost way to fill, to, to ensure that, um, you don't have attrition and you don't have to be responding to the, to the tough market. Awesome. All right. That was a good one. All right. Our third question actually comes from Denver. It was actually put together as a conversation with, uh, I was with some senior leaders and they have an international, they have teams all around the world and they are responsible for technology. And they said that it has been much more challenging to innovate um, remotely Mm. and that their assertion was 
the only way we can create real innovation is when we have people in in person in, in the same together. room. And so I he was like scratching his head, like, what can we do to get better at being brainstorming and and thinking outside the box and and allowing people's ideas to come to the table and flourish. So what what would you say to that? What advice would you give him? I, I think my opinion on this uh, uh, is still the same as it always has been regarding the return to work and the the change in our our location uh, strategies. Uh, you know, I've worked for a lot of companies and and spent most of my you know I lived in Denver the entire time and learned to uh, I had to elevate my game in certain areas so I could be part of those conversations and I. And yes, uh, it, I was part of whiteboarding conversations and I was innovating remotely. Now, how did I do that? I couldn't do it and behave the same way that my peers did uh, when they were local. So my point is that that if the goal is innovation and you think the only way you can do it is by having people in the room, I think you're wrong. I think you just have to try and flex new muscles. I think you have to take it to a different level. You have to be thoughtful and purposeful in what you're trying to accomplish and, 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 uh, and implement those things just like we did during COVID. And we've been doing it in the last couple of years about having people that are in the office in different ways. We have still managed to keep and maintain a corporate culture. We've still managed to keep and maintain good relationships with our employees by doing different things. Yeah. Um, and so I would argue that that team, uh, those executives, while certainly may have seen a, a change in their innovation, uh, cadence, I would argue that they need to then take action and say it is not simply just a matter of giving it everyone back in the office. It is a matter of finding ways to innovate together yeah. when not when everyone is just simply not going to be back in the office or you're going to be global or you're going to be traveling. All yeah. of those things are going to create a situation where you can't get everybody in the room. Yeah, for sure. And and what what just to punctuate what you were saying too is it's not easy. You have to be creative no, and you have to I I think that now thinking about his comments it's kind of like you know what? Don't take the easy road and just say it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> you right. need to really be thoughtful about how do you get the. It's kind of like looking at people's strengths too. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get people who are more introverted to speak their mind? Well, give them some clues or questions beforehand for them to marinate on before the meeting. There might be right. different things that you do that can really bring out people and. That's how you have to do it in, with creativity to get the best out of each Absolutely. person at the table, no matter where they are. I, I, I think that's exactly right. And you've got, as a leader, to find those ways, those additional buttons to push and yeah. not be not uh, rely on your old systems. I, yeah. I would I would uh, push back on that commentary about uh, challenging being challenged to innovate uh, by saying, if, if somebody came to you, Susie, and said, hey, I can't get my team to innovate because we're always traveling. Right. Would you say that's Crazy. a legitimate excuse? No. Like, no, figure no it way. out, you idiot. Totally. Travel, it's part of the job. Right. Well, we just can't seem to get everybody in the room because we're so yes. busy. Well, totally. you'll find a way. Yeah. But by saying that that remote work and having people work from home is the reason, well, we've been having... look. Uh, you know, we've been struggling as executives. We know that uh, offices are half the time empty because uh, le- good leaders are traveling. They're going to see clients. They're going to see other locations. That's the same outcome. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. And uh, so we were still doing it then. 
we can do it now. I totally. All right. Uh, that was really good. All right. Our last thing, we only have a couple minutes. So let's think of this as like a round robin. Uh, let's just one, each, yes, you and I, one okay. thing. Okay, go, go, um, go. If you had to give one, just one piece of leadership advice, maybe not your best one, just one piece that you found effective um, through your years of leader, of being a leader, what would be that piece of advice? And I'll do it too. So you go okay. first. I'll go first. Um, you know, I think the advice that I give the most is that you need to be actually, you need to be, um, yourself, you need to be mm -hmm. uh, authentic and you need to be transparent in the way that you behave. Now that doesn't mean you should show up, you know, um, wearing, uh, you know, shirts with mustard on them and, and wearing your slippers. Um, you do have to have, uh, uh you have to be, um, professional, but so often in meetings and, uh, and uh, presentations, when you're meeting with executives, you are going to be much more effective if you are are um, are behaving and and being um, being genuine and, and and who you are than trying to uh, be somebody else. If you are trying to be more technical than you actually are, or you're trying to yeah. talk about something you don't really appreciate, those are the times when a is it going to be the, the meeting will be less uh, uh, less uh, enjoyable. Uh, it'll be less productive and, and you won't be seen as a, as a quality leader because you were working on it on a pretense and a, and a fraud. And I think ultimately, anytime you go into a meeting, if you can be true to who you are, you're going to be a hundred times more successful. Yeah. I love that. All right. Uh, my piece of advice, What's yours, my piece of advice, actually, I do some, uh, leadership training, you know, when yeah. I recently okay. was out of town and, and, uh, did a two hour session with, uh, 50 leaders. So then we get in a circle and they have their biggest takeaways. So this is evidence driven. So oh, the Very one cool. piece of data that I talked about was the takeaways that people thought were best. And that it's around this. You always want to be having your people think towards solution and thinking oh, ahead. So the, the key is, and this is just a really a little tip, is ask what questions, not why questions. When you Ooh. ask why questions, people think about what happens. And it's mostly about, you know, getting defensive. But if you ask yeah. what questions, you reframe that and make them think more toward the future and be solution oriented. Um, Simon Sinek did a great post on this. And he said, uh, one, one way to try this, it wasn't about leadership, but he talked about it as how it, you don't get great information from why questions. And he said, ask right. friends you know, why are you friends and, and not, you know, your spouse or somebody really close to you, but just sure, somebody, sure, they'll, sure. they'll be like, if you ask, why are we friends? I'll go, Oh, you know, we like to hang out. We do these things. But yeah, if you ask bye, them, bye, bye, bye. what is it about me that you like? And why are we friends? What is mm -hmm. it? What is that reason? They'll go, I like your personality. You make me oh, laugh. Boom, boom, you make boom, me, boom, yeah. Boom. Oh, so it's much more meaningful. So I love that Simon Sinek example, because I think that really illustrates how that changes the answer. So that's my, that's a really that's great point. Thank yeah, you. I think just to build on that, it's, it's, I think the why is a, uh, we are wired to be defensive to that yeah. question. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to just reframe, in fact, changing one word, you know, people Crazy. are going to respond in a different way. I really like that. That's yeah. something that I'm going to, I'm going to um, try it. I'm going to try to use that. Yeah. I'm going to try to do it for everybody. just in my everyday personal life. I'm going to try to oh, do it absolutely. more even to myself. Well, thanks to Ken to Rebecca and to Hal for submitting yeah. your questions. And let's welcome anybody that's listening now. DM Drop us. Drop us a note. Tell us Absolutely. what's on your mind. Tell us what you liked. Give us a question. Try to stump us. 
whatever you want. We want to hear from you. Good questions. Thanks, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. So thanks for joining us. This has been Quick Take. I'm Susie Tomanchuk, and you are? I'm James Kent. All right. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Quick Take, where we talk about the questions that are on the minds of executives everywhere. Connect with us and share what's on your mind. You can find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, or whatever nerdy place on the internet you find your podcasts. All the links you really need are in the show notes.